Hey everyone, I'm Phil Albertelli, and this is The Week in Doubt, a podcast for atheists, agnostics, and whoever. And this is episode, oh, what the hell, let's call it 194. Any house cleaning to take care of before we dive into the news stories? Uh, yeah, some corrections and clarifications to make regarding the last episode. I said that General Jerry Boykin claimed that Christ was going to return wielding an AK-47. My mistake, technically it's an AR-15, a very popular firearm, apparently the weapon of choice of both homicidal maniacs and messiahs. Let's see, what else? Oh yeah, I touched on terrorism and gun control while responding to a Bill Maher clip, and I was playing devil's advocate against a point I had made, and I was citing examples of terrorism where explosives had been used instead of firearms, and I mentioned Oklahoma City and 9-11. Probably goes without saying, but in the case of 9-11, I meant the exploding planes, not explosives as in a controlled demolition. Don't worry, guys, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. Anyway, on with the show. So friend and listener Joe Pugsley of the band Voice of Doom, check him out, sent me a news story that I said I would cover on the show, but I got sidetracked by some other stories, so I thought I'd cover it now. It's from Raw Story, and at first I thought it was going to involve quote-unquote Christian science, since it's usually Christian scientists, <laughs> not scientists who happen to be Christian, but adherents of Christian science, involved in these horrible stories about kids whose parents choose faith or prayer over medicine. But it actually involves the Romanian Pentecostal Church. Have to admit, I never even heard of it before this article, but here we go. Diabetic 15-year-old weighing 37 pounds dies after parents choose prayer over insulin. A 15-year-old Canadian boy suffering from severe effects of insulin-dependent diabetes died because his religious parents refused to seek proper medical care, the CBC reports. Emil and Rodica, Rodita, I think it is, are on trial for first-degree murder after their son, Alex, died in 2013 from what prosecutors say were the effects of his parents' refusal to seek medical care and rely on prayer and home treatment instead. Alex was diagnosed with diabetes as a three-year-old. The condition could be controlled by monitoring blood glucose levels and giving insulin. But his parents believe that doctors caused the condition by treating him for it and left his diabetes untreated. The result was that by the time Alex was 15, he weighed no more than a four-year-old. He died at home, but his parents believed he was risen from the dead, according to court testimony reported by the CBC. They are facing first-degree murder charges, which like in the U.S. means the culprit is accused of purposely killing another person. Marius Saitan, or Kitan, a member of the Romanian Pentecostal Church, testified church members were told that Alex died overnight, but had been raised from the dead by God. Oh well, case solved. If he rose from the dead, then he's alive and there's no murder case. Just trot him on out. Oh, didn't think so. These stories always really bother me. It's such a senseless waste of innocent life. Even from a theological perspective, it doesn't really make much sense. If for the sake of argument God actually exists, what kind of sick God would want you to let your child die? Is your God some kind of petty and sadistic egomaniac? He wants you to fall on your knees and grovel instead of allowing you to provide your sick child with effective medical treatment? 
And how did that prayer work out? It obviously didn't help, did it? Even if you believe in God, was it really worth gambling your child's life on prayer? What kind of worthwhile creator would consider turning to medicine to help your sick child a sin? Oh, I know, I know. You have to prove your faith in God. If you rely on modern medicine, it means you lack faith. Well, how about you put your child's welfare before your own selfish desire to prove to God how faithful you are? Uh, it's absolutely disgusting. Uh, these people and everyone in that religious community should be ashamed. But anyway, let me jump down off of my soapbox or high horse. And uh, moving on, I was almost going to discuss another article concerning Larry Taunton's controversial book about Christopher Hitchens. But I already did a whole episode on that, and the author basically uh, makes the same points I made, but perhaps more eloquently. Let's see, I was also thinking about discussing the story about the Amish couple that gave their young teenage daughter away as payment to some creepy dude. The cops busted him and found 12 kids in the house, I believe. Uh, yeah, I was just glancing at a Rolling Stone article. Apparently the couple were ex-Amish. The girl they quote-unquote gave to the guy was 14. And yeah, 12 girls were found ranging from 6 months to 18 years old. Apparently the man in question was 51 and had sired the two youngest of the 12 children with the 18-year-old. Uh, just a very sordid and disturbing story. I don't feel like spending too much time on it. I'm already bummed out after discussing that story about the kid who died from lack of medical attention. So let's move on. I have a couple of clips to play that are both somewhat disturbing and yet simultaneously entertaining in their absurdity. The first is a Theodore uh, Shubat clip. I first learned about this guy through the Drunken Peasants podcast. He's a fundamentalist Christian who used to be a Muslim, I believe, and he's just incredibly hateful and offensive, to the point where I sometimes wonder if he's just a troll, but unfortunately he's probably sincere. Strangely, even though he's just some random YouTuber as far as I know, Right Wing Watch, the site where I found the clip, posts his videos along with those of the likes of Glenn Beck and Pat Robertson. And this uh, Shubat clip, uh, Shubat, it's funny, is extra weird because Shubat, a rabid right-wing religious zealot, is going to argue that Gavin McInnes and Milo Yiannopoulos should be put to death. I've discussed both Gavin and Milo on the show before. I didn't critique their politics at all. I just responded to statements they made regarding religion. But both Milo and Gavin, as colorful and wild as they are, are thought of by many as being more or less on the right. Although technically, I think uh, McGinnis might be a libertarian. I'm not sure. Uh, but here's the clip. The more I look at the conservative movement, the more I'm convinced that the whole thing is just evil. Literally, the whole movement is just evil. It's been taken over by deviants and sodomites. What was once a Christian movement has now been taken over with the help and funding of secular elitists and has been infiltrated by deviants and sodomites. It truly is. Uh, and an evidence to this is Gavin McGinnis. Now, Gavin McGinnis, world-famous sodomite. Gavin McGinnis is very popular in the so-called conservative movement. And Milo Yiannopoulos. 
and you watch these videos of these guys, and they're very popular. All these supposed conservatives just love him. Oh, he's great. I love listening to him. They're against feminism and blah, blah, blah. And they are promoting homosexuality. Everyone's acting like it's normal. Gays are a minority, so in that sense, it might not be quote-unquote normal. But I think it is normal in the sense that homosexual behavior among humans is probably as old as mankind. As I discussed recently, it's observable in a vast number of animal species. And as long as it's between consenting adults and no one's being harmed, what do you care? I think we should treat LGBT people as normal, whatever that means. And other than the fact that your religion says it's icky, what good reason is there for resenting homosexuals are being bigoted towards them. Uh, none that I can think of. And I found a video uh, in which these two deviants are kissing each other in the lips. You can't make this crap up. That's actually pretty funny. It sounds like something Milo and Gavin McInnes would do. But after seeing this video, I can no longer support this person. I will never support this guy. And the only thing I can do is conclude that this person is a sodomite. Gavin McInnes is a sodomite plant. He is a deviant and he's worthy of death. You are lower than the lowest bacteria. A pigs have more decency than you, Gavin McInnes. Swine has more decency. They are dogs that have more decency. My dog actually does display a lot of decency, except when she's crapping under the dining room table. And I've heard a lot of people insult Gavin McInnes and question his character. But it usually has to do with the incendiary and politically incorrect things he says and not his support of uh, gays or LGBT people. And why are they indecent again? Because they share the same-sex kiss? Lighten up, Shubat. Shubat. What a sick, perverted individual that you are. You are on your you are on the road straight to hell. Okay, first you're gonna have to prove hell exists, and then I might worry about it. Oh, so why are you in hell? Kissed a guy once. I wonder if they go to the same section as all the people who eat shellfish. Gavin McInnes, you are full of the devil. You are full of demons. Your soul has been utterly possessed by the diabolical. You are worthy of execution. You are worthy of death. Bottom line. And that faggot that he kissed, Miley Yannopoulos, is also worthy of death. If I had the power, I would string him up. Put a noose around his neck. Put him before a firing squad. Any, any means necessary to annihilate these bastards. Oh man, so yeah, it starts getting serious. I don't even know what to say. He's calling for the execution of other human beings because they happen to be gay in the case of Milo or shared a gay kiss. I think Theodore and the Orlando shooter would have made a great couple. Did I just imply that Shubat is a closet case? I don't know, did I? Let's see, I have one other clip. It's of uh, Pat Robertson. Here we go. One more time, I want to mention the fact that this is a religious belief. It is deeply ingrained in the people. And for when our president refuses to acknowledge it, when the Secretary of State, uh, now the Democratic uh, nominee for president uh, refuses to acknowledge and says that this is a slur against a, quote, great religion. This is nonsense. This is what this great religion teaches. And it's right in the warp and woof of Islam. So uh, whether you like it or not, that's the way it is. So the, the left is having a dilemma of major proportions. And 
I think for those of us who uh, uh, you know, disagree with some of their policies, the best thing to do is to sit uh, on the sidelines and let them kill themselves. That was also from Right Wing Watch. Strangely enough, I agree with Pat Robertson that Obama, who I voted for twice, and Hillary Clinton need to lay off the political correctness and call these terror incidents what they are, acts of Islamic extremism. The let them kill themselves thing is a little jarring, but in fairness, I don't know if he's speaking figuratively or literally. Is this just political rhetoric? Does he mean let the left commit political suicide with failed policies? Or is he saying, as some have suggested, that he's implying gays and Muslims should kill each other? The title of the article where I got this embedded clip from is Pat Robertson, Gays and Islamists are Allies, so let them kill themselves. In fairness, I don't know if I quite got that from the clip. Who knows what Pat was actually trying to say. I wouldn't put it past him, but he's a jabbering old mess and who knows what was intended in his convoluted brain. It is true that there is this phenomenon of some on the far left going out of their way to defend Islam, but can you really characterize Islamists or jihadis as leftists? They kill because of their ultra-conservative religious beliefs. Who knows? Pat is a riddle wrapped in an aging husk. Anyway, I think that's it. So, as usual, thanks for listening, guys. You know, you can follow the show on Twitter, like the Facebook page, check out the YouTube channel. Maybe you're doing that now if you want to support the show monetarily. And speaking of that, I, I don't know if they want their name mentioned. So, so just by default, I'll err on the side of caution and try to protect their anonymity. But an old friend and bandmate pledged $5 to the show via Patreon. Uh, so thanks, brother. It means a lot. That was a very welcome surprise. So uh, rock on, man. And uh, until next week, everybody. Yeah.